0: This is the What's Brewing Podcast, brought to you by Ronald Blue Trust. Wisdom for wealth, for life. Here's your host, the voice of the BJU Bruins, Johnny Gamet. What's up, Bruin Nation? Johnny Gammon on the What's Bruin podcast, and a really great episode that we have coming up for you here is Madison Shoop from the women's basketball team is joining us. Uh, Madison, you know it's really hard to believe. I remember when you came in freshman year, and now here we are, years later. Uh, you're a senior this year, and uh, the the opportunity of of growth over the last four years. So, is it weird to say that you, that you're your senior now and and ready to graduate?
1: Yeah, it's definitely flown by. Uh...
0: It, it has, for sure. Um, I, I was talking to Madison a little bit before the show because Madison has a very um, inspirational and, and awesome story that not a whole lot of people know about her. And uh, so we're going to dig into that a little bit. And um, I, I will just warn you from the, from the outset, you know, Madison is... Uh, has gone through a lot and and really this is a story um, ultimately not about her, but about God and how great he is and how gracious he is. Uh, and so you know we're going to talk about um, Madison's story here, but Madison, you you came from a background where, you know, in high school you were, being recruited and very high level basketball player um, some very notable programs coming after you so maybe talk about that the the early stages of when you started to realize basketball was was going to be a very real possibility for you at the next level
1: um yeah uh growing up i had two sisters so we played more softball than anything but um one summer my mom my older sister had graduated and my mom uh, found an elite aau team that i played for and uh, that kind of opened a lot of doors to me being seen for college and I had a few D1 D1 schools really looking at me pretty hard and then some D2 schools and uh, then I went straight into high school so I was done with that and uh, I still had a bunch of them D1 schools looking at me a lot and very, contacting me very often.
0: Yeah and so take me through the, 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 the high school you, you start to uh, you start to notice something's not right you start to notice things aren't you know, what, where, the way they should be, so so talk to us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, uh, halfway through my basketball season uh, of my junior year in high school, I started having these really bad dizzy spells, and they were more often. I, I had them when I was younger, but they went away, and um, I was having them pretty often, and I was having them throughout the night, and, like, I would be asleep, and I would wake up, and the room would be spinning, mm. and it would actually make me really sick, and um, I would actually miss the morning of school because I was so sick all night with my mom, and, um... I was missing a lot of school my mom's like we got to go to the doctor and um she uh sent me up with a specialist um and he said that it's probably vertigo because my grandma has it and it was hereditary on my mom's side of the family and um he said but just in case he always does a cat scan and uh i had that actually on my 17th birthday Hmm. and um i think it was two weeks later i went and seen him just. To get the results, and he told me that um they had found a cyst on my brain, and mm-hmm. that it was probably you know not too much or nothing, but they were going to do an MRI just to check it and everything. And I think I had it that week that I saw him, and I had never had an MRI before, but I had an aunt who had breast cancer, and she was telling me about it, and she was just talking about how you know it's it's open on both ends, and just you know pray while you're in there if you get nervous. And I wasn't too nervous about it because I didn't really know what it was like. Mm-hmm. And um, my mom was sitting waiting for me to have the MRI, and she said um do you want me to go back with you? And I said, no, I think I got it. And then the woman was kind of like rude at first, mm. the nurse was. And when I got back there, she wasn't really talking, so it made me a little nervous. But um, uh, I had it. But when she come back in there after I had had the MRI, she was nice. So I kind of knew something was a little weird. And um, we walked back out there and she's like, you need to go see uh, the doctor, which was right down the hill from the hospital. And mom was like, no, we don't have an appointment with him. She's like, yeah, you do. You need to go back and talk mm-hmm. to him. And uh, mom kind of just looked at me, and I just you know, shrugged my shoulders. I didn't know what was going on, you know, really. Uh, but um, my grandma worked beside him in the urology center. My mom sent me in there while she went and talked to the doctor. I guess she kind of just had a hunch or whatever. Mm-hmm. But my mom, they kept it from me for a little while. Um, I think it was a couple weeks. It was all pretty quick. A couple weeks later... I went and was, uh, my mom found out that day that mm. I had a brain tumor, mm. and a couple of weeks later I was seeing a specialist in Roanoke. Well, I thought I was just going because I had a cyst on my brain. Well, he walked in the room and my mom and dad and my mo- my mama, which is my dad's mom, was with us. and. Um, he said, "Does anybody in here know what's going on?" And he kind of looked at looked at them, and my mom looked at me, and she dropped her head, and she's like, "Yeah, she has a brain tumor," mm. and that's the that's when I first found out that I had the brain tumor. I was I was into softball by by this time, and um, my mom didn't want me to like have to worry about it, and she just kind of, you know, kept it from me a little bit. My the rest of my family knew, but I didn't, which. The whole time, like, after I found out, like, I was a little aggravated, like, at my mom for keeping it from me, but, um, he showed me, like, after he told us, he showed me the tumor and all that, and I just, I didn't kind of, I didn't really pay attention, my mom and them, you know, they looked at it and the MRI and everything, and then, after that, like, I didn't really, you know, I didn't change my lifestyle, I just kept playing softball, I played Mm. my last game of softball on the 13th of May, and I had pre-op on the 14th, Mm. and, um one of the umpires that um my last game i dove head first to steal home for my last play and uh he goes to the urology center my grandma worked at and he asked if i was even allowed to do that Mm -hmm. (laughs) but um by may 15th i had brain surgery and uh that was definitely it was definitely a life-changing experience
0: talk to me a little bit about you know you you hear that in a room you know not a lot of people have that um experience in their life where they have a doctor come in and say that or or have your mom say that what are the initial you know what are the initial feelings like what what's what's going through your mind at that point
1: um at first like when my mom said it because he asked if anybody knew and i didn't know what he was like talking about so i was a little confused but when my mom said it i don't know it's kind of like everything stops for a minute cuz you know you feel like things can happen to other people but then when it happens like you or a close family it just kind of it hits home and you're just like this is real, you know, like this is something now I have to face for the rest of my life. And it mm-hmm. just it just hits differently.
0: Yeah. So you, you went into surgery and uh, obviously the surgery was successful. Talk talk a little bit about um, because after that, there was a, a very long road to recovery after that. As anybody knows, who's had any kind of uh, extensive surgery like that, particularly in the area of the brain, there is there's a whole lot of recovery and rehab that goes into it.
1: Um, yeah, uh, I had I think it was like a nine hour surgery and um. I was in the hospital for 10 days. Uh, Four days after being in the hospital, my tailbone was killing me really bad. Mm -hmm. And they gave me one of them donuts to sit on. And uh, the next morning, I woke up and I couldn't feel my left butt cheek. And like, I haven't, I still haven't felt it, but it like where I was overcompensating trying to learn to walk and balance again with my. Mm physical therapist every day I was overcompensating with my right leg so I lost all the muscle in my left leg Hmm. so like before I had surgery my junior year I could do a layup and smack the backboard by the time he released me after surgery I couldn't even jump off the ground
0: wow wow so then you went you went into to rehab because I mean it's it's extensive I mean you're you're doing it day in and day out and and I guess you know I think a lot of people can identify with this story and I guess what I would ask next is was there ever a time during that rehab process as is is very natural for people when they get into these types of situations to to start to ask why why me like why is this happening to me you're a, you're a high school junior senior um, you know 17 18 years old why is this happening this is supposed to be you know an older person that, that it happens to not to somebody in the prime of their life so uh, maybe talk about a little bit of that of that struggle that you were having
1: Um, Now when I look back on it, I kind of, you know, I was very humbled. God humbled me because I probably wasn't as humble as I should have been in the game of basketball and moving forward in life, and um, I feel like he always leads us where we're supposed to be. But um, yeah, uh, when he released me, like I said, I couldn't even jump off the ground. I couldn't um, stand on my tiptoe on my left foot at all. Um, I would have to hold on to something and push up. That day when he released me, I went straight outside and grabbed a basketball and started dribbling. And my mom and my younger sister was there, and uh, I tried to jump, and I couldn't jump. Mm -hmm. And uh, my mom said, try again and bend your knees. And I did, and I still couldn't. I -hmm. I didn't ever come off the ground. And uh, I started crying. I was like, well, I can't – like, how am I supposed to play sports? I've been playing since I was four, and I've built all this up to my junior year to be able to play in college, Mm -hmm. and now I can't even jump. Like, why did did I do that my whole life to be able to be to where I'm at now and not be able to, like, run or jump or do nothing that I could before? So I guess that was the biggest time, like, right in the beginning is when it hit because, like, I couldn't do nothing. And I guess because I wasn't thinking, like, hey, Madison, you just had brain surgery. I'm the type of person, like, I played three sports a year and two at a time all year round, so I was always active. And uh, I never, I never slowed down. So it was, it was definitely a roadblock in life.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things where you're like, yeah, it's a, it's an ankle, like an ankle injury. I'll just play through it, and I, everything will get back to normal. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, so at what point did you, did you start to think, well, maybe, maybe basketball isn't in the future now. Maybe, maybe you know, college sports is not going to be in my future because of these limitations.
1: Uh, yeah, four months after surgery, uh, that September, um, I started playing with State Line Rush with the Clarks and uh they were they were great people they they helped me along the way because when i first started with them like they watched me play when i played in public school and they knew how i could play but they hadn't seen me play since i had surgery but they were more than happy for me to come play for them and uh when i would run it was like you know i had a like a just an extra leg I was just having to pick up and carry so it was like I was really really slow like I couldn't move fast I could barely jump and all this but they were like encouraging always there with me and um, through that time was a it was definitely like the hardest part is when I started playing like when we had start games and stuff because on defense I couldn't move to my left at all Hmm. and I would have to play way off the person. And uh, I still struggle with trying to do that because I don't know. It. Like I'm training my brain. You're still you're faster now because mm-hmm. you've worked at it. But um, yeah, I'd play way off my man, and I'd always have to have help because if they drove to my left, like I couldn't cut them off. And um, I think it around the middle of that season, I started telling mom, you know, I don't know if I ever play in college. And I actually didn't even want to play basketball my senior year. Mm-hmm. I just I, I was done. And uh, I told her, you know, I probably ain't gonna play in college. Like, you know, like I can't I can't do what I used to do. So.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of a uh, it's kind of a funny story how you met Coach Levere. He had come up to watch. Was it Rachel that? Yeah. Yeah. He had come up to watch Rachel Clark, who is uh, one of your teammates, and uh, happened to see you and, and interact with you. So just just talk about how that uh, that interaction went down.
1: Yeah, uh, the first time he talked to me, uh, he, he spoke to me. He was, I think it was our first game at Lynchburg that of that week or whatever. But I had made some pretty good passes, and uh, he talked to me. He said he w- he might have a spot on the team for me, and uh, that he was interested, you know. And a little after that, uh, Emily Miller, our assistant coach then, she had added me on Instagram and stuff, and I showed mom, and uh, mom's like, yeah, they're probably really interested, you know my parents made me play my senior year you Mm. know like i wasn't going to and by this point i had already decided i wasn't going to college well when he started talking to me and stuff like i had had a couple community colleges or small colleges talk to me but i didn't like i told mom i was you know i'm not playing you know Mm -hmm. i'm done after this and um he talked to me again after our second game and seemed a little more interested and by the last time he talked to me he told me i had a spot on the team i just needed to come Come meet the team and meet the campus and see see everything and see if I would fit in. Yeah. So
0: so at that point, what is what's going through your mind in terms of the, the internal struggle? You had you had made up your mind to not play basketball and now, you know, it, was it a sense of um you know, almost not wanting to get your hopes up because of what you had gone through and and losing basketball, kinda of having it taken away from you and now it's like, do I really want to believe I can do this again? Because what if it gets taken away again?
1: Yeah, that, that might have been part of it. A lot of it um, where I had to lay lay around so long, um, I built up arthritis in my lower half of my body and my hips and my knees. And uh, it was really hard on my right leg where I was over overcompensating all the time because mm. I didn't know what was wrong with my left leg and the doctors couldn't figure out what nerve they had pinched to figure all that out. And um, I was tired and frustrated all the time because I was like – I wasn't the player I used to be and I was just I had told you know I was just done like I, I just I didn't think I could make it in college yeah
0: so what do you what do you think was the biggest thing and, and then we'll get to you know the college experience here in a second but what do you think looking back on that now you know you're senior in college or entering your senior season here um, what do you think is the biggest thing if you had the opportunity to talk to your high school self right now what is the biggest thing you think you learned? going through that whole ordeal and that experience? Uh,
1: The biggest thing I guess I would tell myself is to keep pushing like always. Like keep working hard and don't give up because if it wasn't for my family and friends and like my teammates, Dale Rush, I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't have played in college. Hmm. I would, I would have just went to a small college at home, and I definitely wouldn't be here right now. Yeah.
0: So now we talk about uh, you came in your freshman year, came in with Rachel Clark uh, from from State Line Rush, and and uh, you guys were in the unique position where that particular season, you you were thinking, hey, we're just we're freshmen you know, I think you both were even redshirting from a medical perspective or or those kinds of things. Um, And we get to end of first semester and because of injuries and changes in personnel and that kind of thing, you were thrust right into being a major contributor in your in your freshman year. So um, at at what point were you uh, in that freshman year realizing, okay, I'm at the college level now. Now it's it's I'm living my dream. I'm able to come through and, and support this team.
1: Well, actually, I didn't come first semester. I, right. I was That's in a, right. I was yeah. in a wreck in July, and I started having panic attacks, and I told him, I, you know, I just couldn't be away from my family. And uh, actually, by November, I was having Mom message and say, you know, ask him if I could still come play. And I come December before they went home for Christmas break and practiced with them. And then I practiced one time before we went to Florida, mm-hmm. and he told me I probably wouldn't play. And then we get out there, and the first game he puts me in. Yeah, so it yeah. was definitely – A quick experience um it was I don't know it was a different feeling like college level everybody's good as you Mm -hmm. just don't have just one player on the team who's good everybody out there is good Yeah.
0: yeah so talk to me a little bit about the the rest of that freshman year what was it like adjusting not only to the college game but I think you had even more of a learning curve than the normal freshman coming in because of the the obstacles you had had to overcome in high school so what was that like getting back into that level
1: yeah, definitely. Getting back into school was uh, it was different. Um, I struggled a little bit, but uh, I I pushed through. But uh, jumping straight into it was it was that was a tough task. But uh, I had I had a lot of help. Um, everybody was always there if I needed help to study or and uh, trying to learn the team. That was that was the quick thing because team chemistry is huge in in, yeah. in any any team sport.
0: What would you say? You know, for those upperclassmen when you first came in. Who are those that really, you know, you don't even have to name them by name if you want to, you can just keep it general or whatever you want to do, but um, who would you say are the ones that really made a difference for you that first semester that you were here in helping you get not only adjusted to college, but adjusted to college basketball?
1: Um. Yeah, Hannah Tompkins, uh, there was one day I had a panic attack and I was ready to go home. I called my mom to come get me, but uh, her and Mrs. Coach found me in the dorm and they helped me out a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, she, she had a big impact on me. I uh, I definitely looked up to her. When I come to camp before freshman year, uh, I remember he always does uh, player-against-camper games, and she he had her shoot threes, t- however many she made out of ten. And I remember she made eight out of ten, and nobody could get it. And I thought to myself that day, you know, that's going to be me one day. Mm-hmm. And uh, this past summer, I'd done that, and uh, I made eight out of ten, and nobody else could get to it. And uh, I mean, that's just little stuff like that. I look, I looked up to her and Sharon. Always, they were always real close. They always kept me a part of the team.
0: Yeah. And so now you've, you've had the opportunity to go from underclassmen, freshmen to upperclassmen, being a leader on the team, particularly coming into your senior year now. So what, what are the things because of your life experience and the things that you've gone through, how do you feel like you are able to then impact underclassmen, freshmen, even people that you talk to because of the things that you've gone through?
1: Um, yeah, I don't share my story too much because I always feel like I'm better at listening than talking about it. Like I always feel like somebody's problem may be a little harder than mine, so I'll, I'll listen to them. And uh, but to the to the younger classmen, um, I definitely would tell them you know always push never like always work hard and when you get frustrated keep pushing because you're gonna get through it you might go through a shooting slump or something but keep shooting it. it's, it's gonna go in sometime
0: yeah absolutely last question and we'll wrap this up here but um, you know again looking back on the whole experience as a whole uh, there's gotta be lessons that I mean it's life-changing it's life-changing what you went through and and life-altering and as you look back What do you think is the biggest thing that God taught you during that time, um, you know, through the the hills and the valleys of of that journey that you went through?
1: Um, One of my mom's favorite poems was the – it's the footsteps poem, but Mm -hmm. in it it says – it's like they asked God why he wasn't there but he was like in that tough time I I'm carrying you Mm -hmm. they was like why can't I see your footsteps and he's like in that moment I'm carrying you Mm -hmm. and I just feel like that whole time he carried me like because I couldn't do that on my own and he humbled me because I like I said I was probably not I was probably too proud for you know like I was getting excited I'm gonna go play D1 ball somewhere and all this but uh it was a humbling experience and um it just it just shows you like who's there for you when you go through this how 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 just how strong are you when you go through something like that
0: yeah absolutely Uh, it's a great story and again uh, Madison said it uh, earlier even in the episode that she's one of the most humble people that you'll meet in terms of uh, she doesn't like to talk about herself even I know as we as we get into the season and uh, we have post game things and sometimes she'll drop you know 24 25 points and and not really want to talk about it because that's the that's the kind of person that she is but uh, Madison just again thank you for the time I I know that there's probably somebody somebody out there right now who, who needs encouragement who's going through through something uh, very difficult in life, and I know that they can learn a lot from your story and uh, be able to say, hey, if if she can go through it and still be a better person as a result of it, then, then I can too. Uh, That's going to do it for this week's edition of the What's Bruin podcast. Again, thanks for taking the time to listen. You can catch up on other episodes at BJUBruins.com slash podcast, or you can subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts or whatever your favorite podcast subscription is. Uh, Be sure to catch Madison and her teammates. Hard to believe basketball season is just around the corner here at Bob Jones University and Madison and uh, her teammates will be on the court again for the 2019-20 season. You can check out their schedule and other information at BJUBruins.com. I'm Johnny gamut and that's what's brewing you've been listening to the what's brewing podcast subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform provider or catch up on previous episodes at bjubruins.com slash podcast what's brewing is brought to you by ronald blue trust wisdom for wealth for life